March 25th, 1983, he touched me. Do you know when he touched you? Hey, preacher, I can't remember the, the, the calendar date. Well, that's not necessarily important. The point is that there was a time that he touched you. And I want to encourage you today, if you don't know the Lord as your personal Savior, there's no better time than today. For today is the day of salvation, and now is the accepted time. I'm glad the Lord's still in the saving business. He hadn't changed one bit. And if you're here today and you need a Savior, I know the one that can save you. Starting today, Lord willing, got two parts of a, I guess you can call it a series, but it's a thought and bring two messages out of it, Lord willing. And it's a thought, you'll see on the screen there, the title of the message for today. I wonder how many people here, I mean Christian people, that that question on the screen there, that thought maybe in your mind, has that, has that ever come across your mind or heart? God, where are you? God, where are you? Have you ever had things happen in your life and go through situations? I'm trying to save people now. Let's understand. I'm not talking to critics or skeptics. I'm trying to save people. You know, the, the children of Israel, God parted the Red Sea for them. And they walked across on dry land. Imagine that. They saw the very literal power and miracle working God do these things for them. And yet they would still question Him. Their faith still wouldn't be full. They would still wind up having to wander 40 years in the wilderness because they didn't believe God. If that would happen to them, then what's the likelihood of us questioning God and wondering, God, where are you? God, I read in the Word, it says this, 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 and this. And then a, a situation hits our life and, and the first thing we do is, God, where are you? If you'll listen, I'm not going to tell you I have all the answers. We're all unique. We're all individually unique in what we, how our thought process is. But I believe I have scripture today that might can help. I believe also if you come back next week and hear the second part, that it might can help you if you've ever struggled in that area. Have you ever asked that question? God, where are you? What does the Bible say? Does the Bible tell us where God is? You know, you can, in a theological sense, I can answer that question. When I think about where is God, you know, most of the time when we say that and ask that question in our hearts, God, where are you? We're not necessarily asking for the location of God. That question, though, is a very complex question and the, the answer can be uh, easily given in Scripture. You have to forgive our, uh, there's some issues with the, the screen and, and all that, so the verses are not going to be on the screen. You're welcome to grab one of those pew Bibles if you don't have a Bible, and you can look it up, because I want you to know I'm telling you what the Bible says, not my words, the Bible. But where is God? Theologically, I want to give you those answers first before I get into the actual thought process to how we think on where God is. But I'm going to say this positionally. In theological terms, positionally, God is in heaven 
on the throne. I'm saying God is in heaven on the throne. Now, in Psalm 115, verses 2 and 3, it says this. Wherefore should the heathen say, where is now their God? But our God is in the heavens, and he hath done whatsoever he hath pleased. Now, I want you to think about that. Our God, he's in the heavens, and he had done whatsoever he pleased. Think about this. There's not anything happening in your life or my life without God's approval and without his sovereign plan and will being carried out. Uh, think about that. Because he's, in, he's up in heaven doing whatsoever he pleased. Now, what he pleases to do may not be what I would want to please him to do. But his will is being accomplished. He's on the throne. Positionally, God is in heaven. He's on his throne. Relationally, in relationship aspect, where is God? He's in the heart of the believers. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 17 says that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith that ye being Rooted and grounded in love. Now notice that Christ dwelt in your heart by faith. Where's God? He's in the hearts of the believers. Where's God? He's in heaven on the throne. Where's God practically, theologically in the answer? He's omnipresent. What does that mean? That means He's everywhere at the same time. That's omnipresent. Hold on. Preacher, that's kind of above my head. It was kind of above my head too. Because I can't think in those terms. I can only be in one place at one time. But think about God being omnipresent. That He can be everywhere at the same time. Only God. We're talking about the power of God. In Psalm 139, you've read these verses before. Listen to how the psalmist describes this. In Psalm 139, verses 7 through 10. Notice what the Bible says. Whither shall I go from thy spirit? Or whither shall I flee from thy presence? If I ascend up into heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, thou art there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there shall thy hand lead me, and thy right hand shall hold me. In other words, God is everywhere. Everywhere. You know the story about Jonah? How God had called him to go to Nineveh? And remember what Jonah did? He went the opposite direction. He went to Tarshish trying to flee from God. Guess what? God was there. You can't run from God. He's everywhere. Usually that question, God, where are you? That question is not asked wanting a theological answer. Okay, what I just gave you where God is, that's not the answer most people are looking for. Most people, there's a deeper meaning to that question. When people ask the question, God, where are you? There's probably a hurt they're going through. There's probably a struggle somebody's dealing with. There's probably a temptation or a test or, or something they're going through. And when that happens to us, the natural reaction is to ask God, where are you? And you ask that because you need Him. We are a needy people, by the way. 
We're needy. We go through things where they God, how could you allow this to happen? God, where are you? These age old questions. This is nothing new. This has been going on. As long as there's been mankind. Uh, God, where are you? Why, why are these things happening? Countless times they've been asked. Do we as humans realize that, that most of the time we put God in a demanding position? Think about what human beings do to God. They tell Him to leave them alone and let them live their lives as they choose. They don't want the Bible. They don't want preaching. They don't want church. They don't want to be reminded of God's holiness, morality, and judgment. They don't want none of that. They complain that God is too controlling. And then when something terrible happens in their life, they question how a loving God could have left them alone. Uh, uh, why, why didn't He control this situation? You see the problem? People will blame God no matter what He does. They don't want Him in their life. They don't want to live for Him and, and follow His plan. And then something goes wrong, then they start questioning Him, wondering how He could allow that to happen. You know what we ought to do? We ought to just let God be God. Let God be God. With His leadership comes His sovereign knowledge, His protection, His provision. Submit to Him daily. Trust Him to work out the details of life. That doesn't mean that a Christian will not experience trials and testings. It doesn't mean you won't go through hard times. Why? Because we live in a sin-cursed world. We are sinners living in a world full of sinners. We're not going to be in a perfect environment until we get to heaven. God gave mankind, human beings, a free will. A free will. What does that mean? It means that you are free to choose whether you're going to follow God or not follow Him. You're free to choose whether you obey the Word or you don't. You're free to choose that. You're not a pre-programmed robot. Some will use that freedom, their free will, to hurt themselves and others. We can't enjoy the free will God gave us while being upset that He gave it to others as well. We all have free will. God never promised life on earth without trouble, but He promised to be with us whatever we go through. We can expect trials. We can expect tribulations. We can expect hardship. Uh, but we can also expect that God's going to see us through all of that. That He's going to take care of us. He has grace that is sufficient in all things. Our weakness allows God to show His strength. Matter of fact, it's through our weakness that we're made strong. I think about what the Apostle Paul said many times. He said, I sought the Lord three different occasions for the thorn in the flesh. I wanted God to remove it from me. But God's reply was this. I'm not going to take it away from you because my grace is sufficient for thee. He said, I'm not going to remove that thorn, but I'm going to give you grace to go through it. And you know what the Apostle Paul said regarding that? And this is what's hard for us or for me. He said, most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. You see, there's a power of Christ and a grace that you can experience while you're going through something that you never would have experienced before. There's a grace and a strength particular to whatever trial you're facing. Understand that today. 
Paul said, I, I'd rather have this thorn in the flesh to experience this grace that's God given me. This power of Christ. That I'm, I'd rather have the thorn in the flesh because I wouldn't know that grace without that thorn. The power of Christ. Each new trial affords a unique opportunity for God's power and presence. What does that mean, preacher? Whatever suffering, whatever trial you're going through, don't waste it. Don't waste it. No, look for the grace. Look for the experience. Give it to God. He'll bring good out of it. Remember what happened to Joseph? Remember what he said? Remember when, when they, they sold him into slavery? Remember that? And told a lie that the wild animal killed him and all that? And, and remember all those years later when he's second command? And, and remember when the, the brothers came because there was a famine and, and they needed food? And, and then he revealed himself and they were very afraid. Remember that? You know what he said? He said, what you meant to me for harm, God meant it for good. Are, are, are we that strong enough in the faith to understand that whatever seems to be harm, that God is doing something for good? Ah, man, sometimes we, we, we can't look past the harm part, can we? We can't, we can't look past the, the trouble part. We can't look past what we're going through. But uh, to look on the other side and say, God has something good on the other side of whatever you're going through. Boy, it takes a lot. A lot of faith to get to that point. Expect trials in this life. But also expect the Lord to see you through them because he has enough grace. He's not going to run out of grace, by the way. His grace is sufficient. That means he's got plenty. All that being said, let me give you just a few things today. When we ask that question, God, where are you? God, where are you? Let me give you just a few things this morning in the, in the first part of this sermon series. Let me say this. God, if you ever ask that question, God, where are you? I'm going to give you practical things. Not theological things, but practical things. Let me give you just a few. First one, I'm going to say this. God is watching you. God is watching you. Now, listen to me. No matter where you are right now in your life. Oh, yeah, God sees us at church right now. Okay, I, I'm talking about emotionally with whatever problem you're going through, whatever burden you're carrying around that nobody knows about. Wherever you are in life emotionally, understand that God is watching. He sees you. Let me give you a verse of Scripture. The, in Proverbs chapter 15, verse number 3. Proverbs chapter 15, verse number 3, it says this. The eyes of the Lord are in every place, beholding the evil and the good. Let me make sure my microphone's on. Brother Tommy told me his hearing aids wasn't working. Didn't you tell me that, Brother Tommy? They can't hear me now. One, two, one, two, one, two. Y'all hear me out there? Huh? Brother Tommy, can you hear me now? All right, he better hear me. I get a little loud on there. Right? Think about this. We talk about the omnipresence of God. He's everywhere. The eyes of the Lord are in every place. Beholding the evil and the good. Whatever good I've got going on, God sees it. Whatever evil is happening in my life, God sees it. In Jeremiah chapter 16, verse 17, it says this, For mine eyes are upon all their ways. They are not hid from my face, neither is their iniquity hid from mine eyes. I want you to know, no matter where you are in life, no matter what you have going on, 
God sees you today. God sees me. He sees you. God knows what's going on in your life and in the world. There's nothing hidden from Him. He knows you better than you know yourself. I don't know how many hairs are on top of my head, but God knows the hairs on top of my head. Now, for some people, it, it don't take much to count. You know what I'm saying? But God, God knows how many hairs are on top of our head. I don't know that, but God does. He knows my makeup. He knows that my body. He knows that I'm nothing but dust. He knows everything about me. He knows the uniqueness of my fingerprints. He knows all those things. And He knows what you're going through. When you say, God, where are you? Understand there's nothing hid from Him. He knows the thoughts. He knows the intents of the heart. He knows what you're thinking. Now, if He knows all of that, He knows the burdens that we carry. He knows the things that drag us down. He knows the battle that we fight. We've got to remember when we ask the question, God, where are you? We've got to remember that He's watching. He's watching. He's watching. Can I give you another one this morning? God, where are you? Not only is he watching, but he's also waiting. He's also waiting. In Isaiah chapter 30 and verse number 18, Scripture says this. And therefore will the Lord wait that he may be gracious unto you. And therefore will he be exalted that he may have mercy upon you. For the Lord is a God of judgment Blessed are all they that wait for Him. What's that saying? Well, the Scripture is clear that we are commanded to wait upon the Lord. Don't get ahead of Him. Don't act rashly because you think He's not moving fast enough. Because that usually never works out well. You can ask Abraham about that. Perhaps He's waiting. Perhaps He's waiting. God, yes, God is waiting to bring Himself more glory through your trial. Because it says here, the Lord will wait that he may be gracious unto you, that therefore he will be exalted. Yeah, God is exalted through us. Are you his child today? Everything we do, we do to the glory of the Lord. Matter of fact, uh, why do I believe in the church? Well, here's why. Uh, To him be glory in the church. In the church. Uh, God's people. Yes, we're God's people. We glorify him in all that we do. And we glorify Him in the church. The church. Jesus shed His blood. Read Acts chapter 20, verse 28. That He purchased the church with His own blood. Don't think for a minute that nothing happens in the church that God doesn't see and He's not watching. Don't think that nothing happens that God's not waiting People do things and, and, and they think there's no retaliation for it. There's a God in heaven. He's watching and He's waiting. You see, sometimes God is waiting for us before He acts. He didn't always pronounce judgment at that moment. Why? He's a merciful God. You see, God is waiting for us sometimes before He acts. What is He waiting on? Well, He's waiting on the lost people to be saved. Uh, he's waiting on the backslider to repent. He's waiting for His children to obey Him. He's waiting for sins to be confessed and forsaken. He's waiting for His promises to be believed. Uh, If you don't sense the presence of God or don't understand why He isn't working, confirm that He isn't waiting on you to get things right. He's waiting. But there's a purpose in His waiting. 
And in that time of God's waiting, it is time for us to make sure our hearts are right with Him. Because I sure wouldn't want the Lord to come back knowing i got things in my heart not right. Because we stand before Him and we give an account to Him for every word that came out of our mouth, every deed that was done, everything. The things that nobody knows about, the, the whispering and backbiting and grumbling and talking behind the scenes. God knows all about that. And He may have given you a space of time to repent and get right before action is taken. God gives grace, but He also gives judgment. God, where are you? He's waiting. He's waiting for lost people to be saved. He's waiting on the backslider to repent. He's waiting on His children to obey Him. He's waiting for sin to be confessed. Just because He's waiting doesn't mean He isn't working. He waits for His promises to be believed. I mentioned that not just because we can't see Him or hear Him or feel Him at times in our life, it doesn't mean He isn't working. God is working. God, where are you? He's working. What do you mean, preacher? He's working in our hearts and lives even right now. In Romans chapter 8, verse number 28, it says, We know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to His purpose. What are we talking about? All the things working together for good, that God puts situations and circumstances in our life to work together for good? Yes. If you're a child of God, He's trying to work things for the good. God never stops working for His kingdom and glory. Never. Never. I don't doubt His working even when you don't recognize it. I don't always recognize how God works. He's unique in that. God works individually, uniquely to each and every one of us. And when you don't recognize how God's working, I, I, I like this, the lyrics of this song. It says, uh, when, you, when you can't trace His hand... Trust his heart. Uh, when you can't see God working, have faith in his word. Believe what he says. Trust in him. That's what faith is. Believing in things that we not necessarily see. We believe, we trust. God loves to work in the background and come through in a glorious show of his power. We need to submit to God daily and trust him to work out the details of life. God's working. Yes, there are times where God does a work and, and it's, it's very obvious, man, God did a great thing. But just because you don't see it on the surface doesn't mean he isn't working. God is always at work. And you know what he tells us? You know what Jesus said? Work for the night is coming when no man can work. Now, there's two nights in the Bible, okay? We're talking about a night that would represent a physical death. And then a night that represents a spiritual death, okay? The Lord's going to come back. And when the Lord comes back, uh, the work is over with, dear friend. Okay? It's too late. Amen. When the Lord returns, too late. If you're going to do anything for Christ, you have to do it now. God is working even when we don't see it. He expects us to work. Yet He does see if we're working. Submit to Him. Trust Him even when you don't understand. When you can't trace His hand, trust His heart. Understand that He may be working in the background. God, where are you? Well, I'll tell you this this morning. God... Is watching. God is waiting. Yes, God is working. I, I, absolutely, God's working. Matter of fact, as we preach a sermon or, or we're sitting in a Sunday school class or reading the Bible, whatever the case might be, God, through His Word and the Holy Spirit, is always working in somebody's heart. Matter of fact, sitting on the pew today, God's working in somebody's heart right now. 
There's somebody here today that needs the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior. There's somebody here today that needs to repent of things in their life and get right. There's somebody here today that needs to make a commitment to be a better Christian and follow Christ and be a witness for Him. God, whatever the case might be, God is working in our hearts. God is working on some of us to to strengthen our faith, to trust Him more. But never neglect the fact that God's not working because He is. The Holy Spirit's still here, by the way. We're still here. The salt of the earth is still here. That remnant, that little bit that maybe God left for people to get right. uh, Yes. But there will come a day where we're called out of here, dear friend. We're going to get called away. Are you ready for that day? I say God's working. Let me give you another one this morning. Even when you may ask, God, where are you? God is still with you. Even when you may ask, God, where are you? God is still with you. I love this verse of Scripture in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5. It says, let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. For he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. You know what that means? It means that when the worst possible thing that could ever happen in your life happens, whatever that is. When the worst possible thing that could ever happen in your life happens, God is with you. When you get the worst of the worst medical diagnosis that could ever be, God is with you. When family members turn their back on you and stab you, He's with you. Yet when you get the best news that you could ever get, God's with you. When the blessings, when the windows of heaven open up and the blessings flow down upon your life and the goodness of God is so real and evident in your life, God is with you. You see, in the good times, the bad times, the mountaintops or the valleys, God is with you. He said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. You want to claim a promise of God that will get you through the toughest of times. You claim the promise that He made in His Word that He'll never leave you. And I've read the Bible that says that it is impossible for God to lie. You know, God can do anything, but there's something God can't do. And the Bible says He can't lie. He can't lie. The promises that He made in His Word. It doesn't mean that we're going to have a, a, a hunky-dory, rosy good time. But it means that whatever I'm going through, God is with me. He'll never leave me. Don't forsake thee. God, where are you? God's watching. He's watching. He's waiting. I wonder who he's waiting on today. Who is he waiting on today? Is there somebody here that something in your heart's not right? And before judgment is pronounced upon your sin, God has given opportunity for you to repent. Because he's a gracious God. Is he waiting on the sinner to come for salvation? Is he waiting on the backslider to repent and get right? What is he waiting for? In our life, 
Ask yourself that question. What is God waiting for? We know He's watching. But what is He waiting for? Is He waiting on us to be the witness that we need to be? Is He waiting on us to get our hearts right so that revival can come? What is it? Whatever it is, God's waiting. Yes, He's waiting. God's also working in every situation, in every circumstances of life. That which seems to be harmful... God means it for good. How, does that, how is that even possible? Well, if I could explain that, I'd be God. I'm not God. I can't explain it. But I know that all things are working together for good to them that love God. Do you love God today? Then whatever happens in your life, He's trying to work something for His good and glory. And then never, ever, ever, ever forget, no matter what you are going through today, no matter what I am going through today, God is always with us. He will never... Leave thee, nor forsake thee. God, where are you? He's sitting on the throne. He's sitting on the throne. He's ruling and reigning. He's also in our hearts as believers. He sits on the throne of our heart. By free will and choice, we chose Him. We asked Him to come in our... He he didn't program us as a robot. No, by our free will and volition, we chose for Him to be our Savior. He didn't force His way on the throne of our heart. We asked Him in. God, where are you? He's everywhere. He's inside this building right here. He's with those who may be sitting in the parking lot. He's with every church that preaches the truth today. You know, you can't go anywhere to get away from the presence of God. If He's dealing with you today, just because we sing a song and say amen and close this out doesn't mean you can run from God. The presence of God is everywhere. Do you need to make a decision today? God, where are you? Can I tell you where he is? He's standing down front with his arms open wide. Saying, come on. Come on. I'm giving you opportunity to get right. He loves you and he cares for you. Let's buy our heads if you would. We're going to have a verse of invitation. Our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed. No one looking around. We don't want to embarrass anybody, so we're not going to do so. But I wonder if there is somebody here today that might say, Preacher, God's dealing with my heart today. Preacher, when you said God is waiting, I know in my heart God is waiting on me. He's waiting on me. There's things I need to get right. There's, there's things I need to, to make decisions about for Him. He's waiting on me. If you're like that today, you say, Preacher, pray for me. I need the Lord. You slip your hand out. Let me pray for you. God bless you. Anybody else? Anybody? Else? Yes, I see your hand. Anybody else? I'm praying for you right now. Is God waiting on you today to make decisions for Him? Maybe you're here today and you've you've asked that question many times. God, where are you? Maybe you felt like He's left you. God never leaves you nor forsakes you. Maybe today would be a good day to just make a recommitment to God. To trust Him fully and follow His plan for your life. And when you can't trace His hand, trust His heart. Father in heaven, Lord, best we know how, best our ability to deliver the message for the hour. 
Lord, I pray for every need represented here. God, we are a needy people. Without you, we can't do anything. We know that. And Lord, we pray for the soul that's nearest hell today, the one that needs you as their personal Savior. God, convict them. Help them take that first step towards you, and I know you'll help them the rest of the way. Lord, for those whose faith may have weakened or, or situations and circumstances of life may have weakened them a little bit, God, I pray that faith would be strengthened. And Lord, we know that you'll never leave us nor forsake us. Lord, help us to, to cling to you. Lean on your bosom, Lord, that your presence would be felt in all things. Bless this invitation time, for we ask it in Christ's name. Amen. As we stand on our feet.